you know, I know that God has got something to say this morning. Just because of the stuff that's been sung, uh, I, I, I think we're supposed to have communion every now and again. I'm only one of the leaders and I just kind of, I'm hopeless. I'll, I'll ask Elaine and ask anyone else. I'm hopeless on stuff like that. But last night I was thinking, I wish I'd have said uh, that we were going to have communion today. Could we have communion? And I got here this morning and they said, we're going to have it first thing. And so I thought, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. And then all these songs came up, amazing songs. And just stuff, something that Mark said, and I had some lovely encouragement um, this morning as well. Uh, and it, it, it's just been absolutely brilliant. And I'm saying that because we all need encouragement, don't we? We all need, we all need to know that God is with us and that God is working with us. And I love the story of Gideon. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of it to you in a minute. But first of all, I just want to go over some of the stuff that we've talked about already. Because Gideon was a person who had all sorts of... Uh, character flaws, I suppose you'd say, things that he wasn't too great at. And, and I feel that sometimes. I, I feel like that. I feel sometimes, I, you know, there's this I can't do and that I can't do and, and I wish I could be like that person and I wish I could be as tall as Dave and, and all sorts of things that I wish. But do you know what? Here's the thing. It's what I do with God and what God wants me to do that really matters. And the first time we hear about Gideon, he's hiding away and it's an ordinary day and he's an ordinary person. He doesn't think much of himself and God turns up to meet with him and makes that day a, a totally extraordinary day. And he's, and he's told that he is a mighty warrior. And what does he think about that? You're kidding. Me? I'm, no, I'm not a mighty warrior. And he wasn't. To be honest, he wasn't a mighty warrior, but in God's eyes, he was. With God, he was a mighty warrior. On his own, he wasn't a mighty warrior. He was quite right. No, you're not a mighty warrior, but with God, you are. And, and, and God says to him, I'm with you. And at first, he says, really? Look, look at the state of the, our country. Yeah, you're with me? Look at all this. In fact, Gideon is a, a right pessimist. Uh, and when he, when he finally decides, maybe, maybe this is all happening, he asks God for a sign. Because he doesn't kind of trust himself or anybody else, it seems to me. So he gets a sign. After that, he feels a bit kind of braver. And he gets a trumpet and he blows the trumpet. Well, before that, in fact, he's a bit chicken. Because God asks him to do something, to knock down a whole load of idol worship stuff. And he does it at night because he's afraid of the people and what they might do. Okay? I, I, I know Gideon because he, he's just like me. I, I get scared. I don't know about any of you, but I get scared of stuff. I, I'm easily panicked. I, I, I can get anxious at times. So I kind of like to see what's happening with Gideon here. And uh, he, in the morning, after he's done this stuff at night, he hides. I know about hiding. 
I don't know about trying to keep a low profile. That's what he does. And what I said last time that was really interesting is that the person who shows all the character is his dad. His dad stands in front of the mob and says, don't you touch my son. You know, that your false gods, if they're any good, they'll stick up for themselves. You just, you know, watch it. He's the one who seems to be the leader. He's the one who's got the courage. He's the one who does all that. But God doesn't choose him. God chooses Gideon. That's brilliant. And after he's chosen Gideon, and Gideon thinks, right, okay, I'm going to blow the trumpet. Bear in mind, he's got his, uh, his dad behind him. So it gives him a little bit more courage, you know. And uh, he blows the trumpet, gathers all the people together. And even after he's done that, he needs a couple of signs because he still isn't sure that this is going to work out. And if you are one of these people who's not sure of stuff, what is so great is you've got a gracious God, a gracious God who will, he knows you and he'll give you what you need to get through things. And so we come to this part of the story where Gideon's had the signs he, he's had all sorts of things happen to let him know that he is going to be the one with God to take on the Midianites. So you would think at this point, this is it. Not quite. I'm going to read from um, Judges uh, chapter 7. I keep saying Gideon chapter 7 because I've got so into Gideon, I kind of think it's like his book. So I was saying to Dave, Samson would be well put out and so would Deborah and all the other people in it. They'd say, well, excuse me, but Gideon is, is in this. And, and I want to say, before I even do anything else, I don't want Gideon's story to be stuck in this book. I want Gideon's story to be your story. I want your story. In fact, I want it to be better than that. I want this story to come out of this book. I want you to live the story. Okay? It's point, the Bible isn't here as a nice piece of writing for someone like me to talk about. All right? It's here. The stories are in there so that you can learn from them. When I'm speaking, I'm not speaking because I want to give you a good story. Okay, I like it when people come up to me and say, that was really good, Bob. Because I'm like that. You know, we all like a bit of that, don't we? But that's not what it's about. What it's about is what you do after this, what you do next week with what I'm going to say now. Because otherwise, there's no point in me saying it. And I might as well have stayed indoors, put my feet up, had a cup of tea and a rich tea biscuit, if Elaine would let me. (laughs) All right. So here it is, Judges chapter 7. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Harod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver deliver Midian into their hands, in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her, Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. 
Take them down to the water and I will sift them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. 300 men lapped with their hands to their mouths. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now, the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I am going to give it into your hands. If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they're saying. Afterwards, you'll be encouraged to, to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream. That sounds familiar. He was saying, a round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all the who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. I'll leave it there. Right. Ha. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes there are challenges that come to us. Things happen in our lives and we think, is God with me? I've got this thing to do or this problem that's coming up against me. And you get, the, you know, you get people saying to you, no, God's on your side. You can get through this with God. You can do it with God. That's kind of where, that's kind of where Gideon was, okay? Gideon was at that place where he'd been told what to do. He'd been told that God was on his side. He'd been given signs, and there he was about to do it. So he got himself together. He's going to do it. And then God pulls a flanker on him. God says, you got too many people. If, if you do this with this many people... The Israelites will turn around and say, we did it. And I want you to know that I did it. Because my message today is quite simple, really. Um, it's in three bits. 
That's nice. It's like an echo. God does it, okay? God does it. We do it. And God did it. Okay, that's quite easy, isn't it? God does it. We do it. God did it. It's, it's great in theory. But, you know, there was Gideon, and he's been told that God is going to do it. And what does God say? You've got too many people, and you'll think that you've done it on your own, and that it's not me doing it. So I just want to tell you how many approximately enemy there were. There were 135,000 of them. And Gideon had 32,000. The 135 people were swordsmen, it says. They were people who went around pillaging and fighting for a living. That's what they did. 135,000 uh, Midianites and their mates, all thirsting for blood, enjoying doing it as well. What did, what did Gideon have? 32,000, most of whom would have been farmers, people who did this, that and the other. These were people who had been cowering away earlier on. And so God says this. God says, you've got too many. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you are up against it, you're thinking God's going to really come through for me at this moment. And sometimes something else happens, doesn't it? Your resources begin to slip away from you. And you think, I thought God was, I thought God was with me. Yeah. But you know, God wants to show you something else. He wants to show you that I'm doing this. I'm with you. Yeah, things may not look good, but I'm there. I'm there. And poor old Gideon, he says, okay, everyone that trembles, that's what God told him to do, everyone who trembles, everyone who's scared can go home. I can imagine Gideon's thinking, you know, I'll lose a few. It won't be too bad. 22,000 of them go. 22,000. Can you imagine what Gideon's saying? Hang on. You said you were on my side. 22,000 have gone. You see, a lot of them were farmers and stuff like that. They'd been cowering before. They, they'd turned up but inside. They were like, not need, you know. It, it, so I think Gideon at this point says, okay, right. God's with me. Got 10,000. It's not too bad. 135,000 of them. Okay, that's not great odds. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to do it. And God says, You've still got too many. You've still got too many. I'm, and I am going to sort them out for you. I'm going to sift them. One version says, I'm going to thin them out for you. I'm going to thin them out. You see, I think Gideon, if he got the choice and was told, okay, you've got to, you've got to have less people, he'd go and say, he'd pick on people like me. Say, you, little guy, you know, you, you can go, you can go. And there's big Benjamin. Benjamin the mighty, huge guy. And he's, he's thinking, I want Benjamin. But what, what God says is this. All, all the people who get right down into the water, yeah, I want you to take them down to the water. And all those that get right down into the water and drink, you don't want them. The ones that stand up, 
lapping and they're, they're holding on to their swords. They're the ones you want. Can you imagine what Gideon's doing as he's watching this? Benjamin, don't, don't, don't put your face in that wall. Oh, you know. Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the really great archer, really great swordsman. Just stand up, lap, lap, lap. You know, God decided who was going to do it. God decided who was going to be on his side. And so many of them, uh, it was 9,700 of them decided to stick their faces in the water. What's that about? God, I thought you were on my side. And God said, I am. God said, with the 300 that lapped, you were going to overcome the Midianites. It wasn't about what Gideon could do or what they could do. It was about what God does, okay? It's about what God does. And he wants people to know that God is alive, he's mighty, he's strong, he's all that stuff that you sang about. Not only don't I want you to leave this story in the book, I don't want you to leave those words on the screen. They've got to be part of your life. That's where they belong. That's what they're supposed to be there for. So, God is amazing. I don't know what Gideon was feeling. Yeah, I do know what Gideon was feeling like. He was feeling pretty cheesed off. You think, oh, he's, but he's a hero, isn't he? I thought he's the hero of your story. Oh, come on. God, God then says to him, look, I'm going to do this, and you're going to go down and you're going to attack. But then he says this. He says, if you're afraid to attack, you can go down to their camp with your servant Pura, And you'll hear something there, listen to what's being said, and you'll find something that will encourage you. I only noticed those words a couple of days ago. If you're afraid, go down to the camp. (laughs) Gideon does go down to the camp because Gideon's afraid. He's a hero. He's going to do do, uh, extraordinary things, but he's afraid. He's not some sort of... You know these boxers, you see the boxers before the big fight, especially the heavyweights. And also, yeah, I'm going to take everyone on, you know, I'm going to whop him, you know. If the people who used to listen to Muhammad Ali, you know, sort of, uh, I'm the greatest. That's not Gideon. Gideon wouldn't square up to anyone. He just wasn't that sort of guy. But he goes down to the camp. He does go down to the camp. And when he goes down to the camp, he hears this dream that one of the Midianites soldiers has had. And when he hears this dream, he realizes that God is going to put the Midianites into his hands. And he rushes back. And now we get the bit. Now we get this bit. We do it. We do it. Because I love the change. This is, this is the high point of Gideon's life. This is the big, his big, big moment. Because he rushes back. And what he says, and I, I love this. He says, get up. Get up. 
The Mid- God is giving the Midianites into our hands. Get up. Do you know something? We get all this stuff that I've just said about God being with us and helping us and carrying us through stuff. And we help each other and we bless each other and we talk to each other. But in the end, you know, we have to get up. Each one of us has to get up. We have to realize that God is with us, but we have to do something about it. Sometimes he's got things for us to do and we have to just get up and do it. And we have to get on with our Christian lives. And we have to just do it. And can I just say, it wasn't just Gideon doing this, but I just want you to hear the change in Gideon's life. I I love this. You know, this is the guy who was pretty scared of everything, needed all these signs. He's finally got it. And the fourth sign, he didn't even ask for. God gave it to him because God knew what he needed. Okay? And so he comes down and he races in, get up, and he says this. And I think this is staggering because this is what God can do for each one of you. This isn't just for Gideon. This is what can happen to every single one of you. This is the change that happens. Suddenly he says, watch me, follow my lead, do exactly as I do. Gideon has never said anything like that in his life before. Suddenly he's got a confidence because he has realized, yes, God is with me. Get up. Let's do it. And then what does he do? He, he gives them all swords and everything else and bazookas and kalashnikovs. No, he gives them a trumpet and a jar for crying out loud. And there's 300 of them. And I love this bit because he says, we're going to get... Basically, what he says, we're going to surround their camp. There are 300 of them, and there are 135,000 of the Midianites with their camels and tents and all the rest of it, and they're going to surround them. Can you imagine that? And all these guys, it's worked out that if they surrounded them, there'd be a massive gap between each bloke. Huge gap. Though each man would be on his own in the dark with a trumpet and a jar with 135,000 Midianites down there. Each person had to do three things. He had to trust God. He had to trust Gideon, that Gideon had heard right from God. And... He had to trust the guy who was 100 meters or so on either side of him. Same goes for church. We have to trust God. We have to trust each other. We have to work with each other. We can't, every man had to do his bit. Shall I tell you, in that dark, each one of them could have turned around, walked off, and no one would have noticed. But they didn't. Each one had to get up. It's not about... I can't live your Christian life for you. I can say stuff out here, but you have to live your Christian life yourself. You have to sometimes stand on your own in the dark, but you're not on your own because you've got God. And you have got, maybe then not right next to you, but you have got the church with you. You've got your brothers and sisters. They are with you. And so... 
You see, I think that God may have chosen, and I don't know because it doesn't say in the Bible, but maybe God chose these 300 for their obedience and their ability to trust and have faith. There could have been scrawny little guys, just enough to hold a trumpet and a jar and use a sword if need be. Because God wasn't after that. God wanted someone who was willing to stand there with the stuff, wait for the signal, and do what he was told. That was it. God asked not much more of you than that. Go where I want you to be. Do what I want you to do. I'm going to, that's it. Just trust me. I'll have people there for you. I'll I'll, I'll even give you signs. I'll do all sorts of things. I'll look after you. All you have to do is stand, stand, and stand. Last of all, you know, God did it. God did it. I didn't really go into the next bit, but basically what happens is they, they sound the trumpets, they smash the jars, they make incredible load of noise and uh, the Midianite army just freak out, panic, they flee, they kill each other, they run into each other in the dark, they do all sorts of things and, and after the mopping operation, when all's said and done, the Israelites win. It's cool, yeah, we've done it, great. So after all the mopping up, Gideon goes home. And this is where, you know, I don't think Gideon started that well. He had some tricky bits in the lead up to this, wanting signs, not sure, hiding and all the rest of it, which give us a bit of confidence that, you know, if he can do it, we can do it. He has his amazing moment, that moment where he says, get up, look at me, do what I do. God's on our side, we can do it. He goes back. And this is what happens, and I haven't read this, so I'll just tell you the story of what happens. He goes back, and the people say, Gideon, we want you to rule us, and your children, and your grandchildren, because you saved us from the Midianites. Gideon says this, he says, uh, I, I don't want to rule over you, God will rule over you, but... You know, if you want to give me a whole load of jewels, that'd be nice. And so they do. Gideon does not say, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't win this. God won this. I mean, I'm sure he kind of knew, but he didn't make a big deal out of it. He didn't say, well, actually, all the offerings should go to God. He allowed them to offer him stuff. He didn't say, don't remember what I've done. Remember what God's done. Yeah. You know, in all, in, if you read the Bible throughout the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, as we did this morning, for big events, for victories, for stuff worth remembering, they'd have some way of remembering it. We did it this morning. We had communion. The Israelites had all sorts of things, Passover, various festivals, all to remember what God had done. To remember that God did it. And do you know what? 
It is too easy to get what you want and forget who did it for you. Yeah? Lord, I'm in a lot of trouble. Please deliver me from this trouble. And then you're delivered from the trouble and you forget suddenly that God did it. That God did it. Okay? It got kind of worse. It got worse because what happened then is that for some unaccountable reason, Gideon decides to make something called an ephod, which is an item of clothing that a priest wears. He had no calling to be a priest, but anyway, he makes this item of, gets this item of clothing made, bejeweled, all sorts of, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's so amazing that later on people start to worship this ephod. The, the people are led astray. They have forgotten that God did it. And later on, in fact, it says that no sooner, and this is awful, no sooner had Gideon died, it says in the Bible, no sooner had he died than they all started worshipping Baal again, worshipping the false gods. They forgot what God had done for them. They'd forgotten it. Gideon didn't build on God's glory. He lived a bit of a high life, in fact, if you kind of read between the lines. He had a good time. He'd, asked, he'd got lots of jewels and lots of stuff. He had huge family. He had a great time. For 40 years, Israel had peace. So that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Do you know, I want to tell you this, that maybe... If there had been a bit of trouble in that 40 years, they might have had to call on God again. You know, sometimes we just want peace in our lives. We just want everything to go along smoothly. You know, so nothing to upset the apple cart. Everything to just stay the way it is. That suits me. Bit of sleeping here, bit of sleeping there. Do you know, 40 years of peace, I think, just made people forget about God. A word I, I felt that I was given this morning, uh, last night rather, is that a challenge for us is God's opportunity. Okay? The challenges we get give God a chance to work in our lives. Don't always look at a challenge or a difficulty as a complete downer. Okay? Um, I've got much to, much to Dave's absolute delight. I have a badge. Would you just hold that while I badge myself? Thank you. Now, I just want to tell you, can you hear me at the back? Yeah, yeah I've put on my head teacher's voice from the old days. Right? Okay. Elaine picked this up for me. For those who know me and know the church and know the terrible way people talk about me, for those at the back, it says, I can grow. Yes, yes it does. It says, I can grow. And my very own beloved wife picked it up for me. Okay. Dave's influence has, has a long reach. So, but challenges for us are God's opportunity. Okay. 
we may find ourselves in the position that Gideon was in, having all our resources taken, but we just need to remember that we're working with God. We're working with God and he is with us. And it helps you to grow. The trouble with Gideon, I feel, is he never grew. He had that amazing moment when he got it all together and ran back from that Midianite camp and then that very night goes out and does it. And that's it. That's it. Do you sometimes, this is a bit of a challenge that's just come to me here, do you sometimes hear a good talk and you think, wow, 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 or go to a conference or do something like that, have a great time? Don't let that be your moment. Don't let that be it. It needs to be built on. You need to go on from there. You need to grow from there. That's what Gideon didn't do. Gideon had no legacy. In fact, the legacy he had afterwards, most of his family got slaughtered. Uh, it was just terrible. But I'm not, I don't want to end that on a kind of down note because what I want to say to you is just remember, just remember that, that God does it, right? He'll do things in your life. You can do things with him, but he works with you. He works with you. We do it. We have to get up. We have to get up sometimes and do it. And at the end of everything, remember, 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 God did it. Okay, don't go through it all at the end and give yourself a pat on the back and say, aren't I good? You are good, but let God tell you that, okay? Let him be the one to let you know, not you. I'm going to pray now, but you know what? Is there, a, is there an Astrid in the house or isn't there? Oh, yeah, she is. And, 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 and is there a Sam in the house? Yeah. And what about the rest of the worship team? Are you around? That song we sang about, you know, was it? Be Thou My Vision, whatever. Do you know what? That, that could have been my talk. That could have been my talk. Can we sing that? And as we sing it, can you, can you do something for me? Don't let this story be just a bit of the Bible. Let it be part of your life. And as we sing this song, please don't let it just be a nice thing that goes on that screen. God wants it in your hearts. He wants you to grow. And he wants you to be mighty warriors. Each one of you to do extraordinary things. You are not ordinary. Can I tell you that? With God, you are not ordinary. And you can well out Gideon, Gideon, let me tell you. Father God, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being our God of victory. Thank you for being the one who does it and the one who's done it. And thank you for never, ever, ever letting us down. Father God, help us in our darknesses. Help us in our light. Help us when we're victorious. Help us when we feel we're losing. Father God, we put our trust in you because we love you and we want to glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen.